Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, One Woman's Tirade Against Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. My name is Lee, and we are on chapter 12 of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, all content warnings will be in the episode description, and of course, if I've missed any, please let me know. I'm always happy to go back and add them. Chapter 12, Anna has read through the contract. She's having a lot of feelings. She goes for a run to work to like get some of that those that anxious energy out girl i've been there i get it <laughs> works great highly recommend starting off with a quote she thinks to herself perhaps i should negotiate what i want go through that ridiculous contract line by line and say what is acceptable and what isn't yes yes you should let me just start that off by saying yes that's exactly how this needs to work if you are going to read through this contract and try to abide by it that's the way negotiation needs to work good start so she's plagued that's the, the word in the book plagued by the question of why christian is the way he is why he's kinky why he's a dominant she thinks is it because he was sexually assaulted or like seduced as a, a young teenager i think that's the implication the book is trying to make and maybe that does have something to do with it i don't know i'm certainly not going to judge or say anyone is wrong for thinking that any kind of sexual assault or coercion or any other kind of childhood trauma has anything to do with their kinks because maybe it does for some people. I don't know. You know, I don't know enough about the inner mind, inner, inner world of, of everyone on the planet to say that never happens. But it's certainly not the only path to being kinky. A lot of my kinks are just my kinks because they're my kinks. I don't know. They're like, why do I have these kinks? Same reason I'm pansexual. That's just how my brain is wired. Meanwhile, Kate has gone shopping for this vacation that she's going on soon and has like a fashion show of all the clothes that she bought. And of course, she's described as being gorgeous in all of them. And Anna is just feeling more and more inadequate the more she sees of Kate, which again, I, is just so unhealthy and so unfortunate that that's where Anna's self-esteem is. Sweet heart like get get yourself some help <laughs> just because your friend is hot doesn't mean you're not also hot you know and and also like constantly comparing yourself to your best friend and constantly feeling like you're lacking because you're you're a different kind of person is not healthy because there's not one way to be cool there's not one way to be hot there's not one way to be a person <laughs> and it's just really unhealthy to think that way oh yeah so let me find this quote here. There's wires everywhere. So she sends this email to Christian. The text of the email is, Okay, I've seen enough. It was nice knowing you. Anna. That's it. That's the whole email. This is a joke. Anna explains that it is in fact a joke, but since apparently it's 2011 and yet she has somehow never like communicated with someone over a text-based medium on the internet before somehow she has missed the memo that that kind of joke does not come across via email especially for with someone you don't know very well i mean even if you did know christian very very well sometimes miscommunications happen when you try to make a joke like that via email but you two have known each other like 
I don't know, a couple weeks at this point. And at that, and even then, you don't know each other very well because you're both pretty fucking terrible at communicating. So what possessed her to send this email, I do not know. Plot reasons, I guess, is the best I can come up with. So anyway, this is her idea of a joke. Christian, understandably, does not respond for a while. Gonna guess, I'm actually gonna say spoilers, he does not know this is a joke. So what he ends up doing is he comes over to her and Kate's apartment unannounced, does not call first, does not email first, just, I gave this person my contract for her to be my submissive, and now she wants to break up with me. She's not interested in this relationship, she's seen enough, this is not right for her, she's breaking up with me. Uh, completely normal fucking response, dude. <laughs> so he comes over, Kate lets him in, and Anna looks up and sees him in the doorway of her bedroom, and, uh, oh boy. So before we get into the meat of what happens, he says, You decided it was nice knowing me? Do you mean knowing me in the biblical sense? And Anna responds, I didn't think you were familiar with the Bible. Which is just terrible enough writing that I feel like it warranted a response because how the fuck are you going to be raised in the U.S., which from my perspective in 2022 is increasingly becoming a Christo-fascist nation, but that's a whole other podcast, but even in 2011 has been culturally Christian pretty much since its inception. Even if you are raised completely atheist, like me, so this is why I can say this with confidence, I have this experience, I was raised completely atheist. I still soaked up a lot of Christian stuff just by dint of living in a culturally Christian nation. The idea of anyone in the U.S. not being familiar enough with the Bible to know what knowing in the biblical sense means is just utterly absurd. And I know it's a small detail, I know I'm nitpicking, but it's just so absurd and lands so horribly for me that I feel like I should call attention to it. I feel like an editor should have taken it out. So what happens next? He comes over to her house thinking she is seriously trying to break up with him. So what does he do in response? He seduces her. He says, well, I thought I should come and re remind you how nice it was knowing me. And then they start making out. And then they fuck. And we'll get into that in a moment because I have a lot more to fucking say about that. But that- uh, I, uh, uh, I'm speechless. I'm out of words. I can't- Like, obviously, this is, once again, the worst- the worst response. The worst possible way to go about this. The exact opposite of what you should be doing if someone you have barely gone on a handful of dates with decides to break up with you. Because again, like, I, I am not 100% clear on the time frame here, but it feels like less than two weeks has gone by since they seriously started dating. Like, that's not even remotely out of the honeymoon phase yet. That's like a breakup at this point warrants an email back. Or, if you feel strongly enough about it, a phone call. This breakup at this point in this relationship does not warrant coming over to this person's house and seducing them because no fucking breakup ever warrants trying to seduce someone. That's dubious consent at best. That's coercion at best. 
I don't care how excited you are to be in a relationship with this person. I don't care how much it's going to hurt trying to get over this person. If they break up with you, you respect that. Like, that's just, that's part of what I was saying last chapter about everyone involved, Dom and Sub, gets to walk away at any time for any reason. And everyone else involved needs to fucking respect that. Not come over with, oh yes, because here's the other thing, not only is he planning to fuck her, he has brought the tie that he tied her up with the last time that she was at his apartment. He brought that tie. He just pulls it out of his pocket at one point. So not only was he planning to seduce her, he was planning to do so in a kinky way, which, again, they have not had anything close to a negotiation about even, like, including kink in their relationship. Just handing her a fucking contract does not count. Does not fucking count. So, let's get into the actual sex part, because, oh my fucking god. Oh yeah, so before that, though, Christian is like, you have to be quiet. He says, Catherine is probably outside listening right now. Once again, I don't think anybody in this book has ever had a healthy relationship with another person in their life ever. If you're just assuming that this person's roommate is, like, listening at the keyhole or what the fuck ever. Like, gross? Disrespectful? Ew? Like, I'm sorry, but if, if my roommate, if my roommate's new boyfriend comes over and I'm assuming they're about to fuck, okay, if they get loud enough that I can hear it, fine, whatever, that's a different thing, but I'm not gonna go listen at their door and see what, try to see what's happening. Like, that's gross and intrusive and, and frankly, I don't need to, like, why do I need to hear that? Like, that's between them, unless we're in some kind of poly situation, which this most assuredly is not. So, like, why the fuck is that just your first assumption? What what kind of people have you had in your life? What is going on? So he takes the tie out of his pocket and ties Anna's wrists again and then ties the other end of the tie to her bed frame without negotiation first, aside from do you trust me, which again I say is not consent, is not negotiation. It's the beginning of consent, but there's a lot fucking further to go. Uh, so he ties her to the bed and then he pulls her t-shirt up over her face as a blindfold, again, without consent, without negotiation, and then he fucking leaves the room with her tied up and blindfolded, no consent, no negotiation, and this one I'm gonna spend a moment on because, at least for me, that's a huge fucking deal. That is a, an automatic safe word right there for me. This might not be the case with everyone, I don't want to generalize, but for me, if I am in a submissive headspace, if I am tied the fuck up if I am blindfolded. At that point, I am pre feeling at least psychologically like relying on my dom to care for me in that moment. I am like emotionally, psychologically dependent 
on that person, I'm going to need them to stick around. If they leave and I can't follow them, I can't contact them, I can't bring them back at any moment, that is a very big fucking deal. We are going to have to negotiate extensively before that happens. We are going to have to trust each other a fucking lot before that happens. Otherwise, I am going to have a breakdown. I am not exaggerating. That's why I say that is an instant safe word. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels incredibly vulnerable when we're in a submissive headspace. That's a very fucking vulnerable space to be in. And it's very easy to, to upset someone who is in that space. And I know that Anna is not like a super submissive person and she, I don't think she's in a super submissive headspace, but that's, I'm kind of talking a little bit more broadly than this specific scene right now. And he still should have fucking negotiated, I don't care. Like, even if the negotiation comes to the conclusion of, hey, it's fine, leave the room whenever you want when I'm tied up, whatever, that's, I'm totally okay with that being part of our sex life. You still need to fucking negotiate that because, like, especially this early in the relationship, they do not know enough about each other, they do not trust each other deeply enough yet to be doing a whole entire fucking scene with no negotiation. And that's what happens. Let's, let's keep going because, oh my god. So he comes back with a glass of wine with, like, ice cubes in it, and he pours some out onto her belly and threatens to punish her if she spills any. Once again, zero negotiation. We have temperature play. We have punishment. None of this is negotiated. None of it. And the whole time he's like parroting her email. He's like, isn't this nice? Isn't it nice knowing me? Isn't this like, shut up, first of all. Second of all, I've already talked about this, but I'm talking about it some more because if he, like, he really thought that she was about to break up with him and so his idea was to just come over and like do a scene to her because this is like this is entirely him doing this to her with no input no consent no negotiation nothing from her this is just I have this plan of how I'm going to win her back and like it, it, I, uh, I'm just gonna throw up on the microphone right now that's I can't I can't say it any more eloquently than that this is so gross so he's like teasing her and whatever and he touches her pussy and and feels how wet she is and he's like oh you're ready for me so soon and um i'm just gonna take a moment to sidebar here because that's not necessarily how that works first of all sometimes it's not wetness it's discharge pretty much feels the same it's all wet stuff coming out of your pussy, but um, does not necessarily mean you're turned on. Second of all, quote unquote, ready? Ready for what? Well, depends on the person. You know, I'm pretty sure I went into a lot of detail on this the first in the chapter where they first had sex, so. But, like, depending on yourself and your body, depending on the size and shape of the thing that you are going to be penetrated with, just getting really fucking wet might not be enough to get you ready, quote-unquote. Sometimes you still need to warm that person up, warm that hole up with some smaller penetration, some fingering, some whatever it is. Someone being wet does not necessarily they're ready for whatever. It can mean that they're turned on, it can mean that they're ready, but like don't make assumptions. 
is all I'm saying. That's the theme of this chapter. Don't make assumptions. Please actually talk to your partner. Please negotiate. Please get consent for each and every individual thing that you are going to be doing together in bed. And that can be a very quick, hey, I really want to do this to you right now. Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. If that's all you need in the moment, like it doesn't have to be a huge thing every single time. But it can't be this. It can't be doing an entire scene to your submissive without asking or getting consent for any of it. Oh yeah, so there's this, just another little like nitpick of the writing, if you will allow me, and I will allow me because it's my podcast, so here we go. So there's a brief mention of Christian grabbing a condom off the nightstand, which remember, he is in Anna's bedroom in Anna's apartment. Anna, who has never dated anyone, never slept with anyone before now, before like a week ago or whatever it is at this point, as far as we can tell, I mean, we're not given a whole lot of context before she just dives into this puddle of bullshit with Christian, but it does not seem like she was actively dating around. It does not seem like she was actively trying to get into a relationship or trying to sleep with anyone. So I just have a hard time believing that she is keeping condoms on her nightstand if she has literally been single her entire life up to this point and had no notion of changing that anytime soon. I mean, maybe she went and bought some condoms off screen and kept him in her nightstand, but like also there's every indication that she was not intending to bring Christian into her bedroom at any point soon. It kind of seemed like, I don't know, at least Christian was expecting most of the sexy stuff to happen at his place. So it that's, it's just, I know it's convenient for the sex that's happening and like at least they're consistent, consistent about addressing the condom thing at all, but I still have a problem with it. Yeah, so finally near the end of their scene, she admits that it was supposed to be a joke. And he's like, oh, is that your idea of a joke? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't even want to fucking go into that. But it's like, there it is. There is confirmation that he just thought this girl was breaking up with him and thought that the logical, rational response was to go over to her house and, and do kink at her. I just, I just can't fucking fathom what it's like in this man's mind. So Christian's like cougar dom from way back when who like seduced him when he was like, 15 or whatever, Anna lets him know that she thinks of this woman as Mrs. Robinson, so then he starts calling her Mrs. Robinson, which again, I have ranted about this in the past, I fucking hate that Anna has cutesy little nicknames for everyone, and so we don't actually get to internalize their actual name in the book until much later on, if I remember from how far I've gotten previously, we do in fact learn this woman's name at some point, and then very suddenly switch to using her real name in the text, and it just becomes so fucking confusing, and I hate it. It's terrible writing. What are the editors doing? I hate it here. So Anna, so they're talking about Mrs. Robinson, and Anna's like, oh, so, like, you're still in contact with her, you have someone to talk to about this, like, lifestyle that you're living, but I have no one. And Christian offers to introduce her to one of his previous subs, which on the one hand is not a bad idea, because she needs someone to talk to, she needs someone versed in the lifestyle who can, (laughs) convince her not to do this. But no, like, seriously, it would be super helpful 
helpful for her to have an experienced sub to talk to and, and kind of learn from. But first of all, she gets super offended at the idea of Christian introducing her to one of his, his exes, which, fair enough, I guess. If you don't want to have anything to do with your new boyfriend's exes, fine, I respect that. But it's kind of presented as the either the options are either one of Christian's subs specific like Christian's exes specifically or no one and she just gets to figure this shit out on her own and it's like no actually the third option that needs to be here that needs to be available to her is to make connections with other people in the kinky community whether you know I don't know if FetLife was around back in 2011 she probably wouldn't even know how to fucking use it anyway because she doesn't even do email right but you know if that's an option that's an option or, you know, finding someone in person in the local scene. I know Seattle has a kink scene. Most major cities do. Someone who is who can give an outside perspective on this relationship and is also much more versed in kink, in the scene, in the lifestyle, in the everything, and can help her learn to stand up for herself and dump this fucking abusive ass loser or at least like set, learn how to set boundaries, learn how to explore her kinks safely, learn how to assure that negotiation and consent getting are happening, all that good stuff. But uh, she doesn't get that option, so she takes option two, figuring it out on her own, which is uh, such a bad idea because this just, it's, it's isolating her into this relationship, into this lifestyle that she knows very little about. It's just opening her up to so, so, so much much more abuse. So as they're like wrapping things up and he's getting ready to go, she's, she thinks, but now I feel like a receptacle, an empty vessel to be filled at his whim, which first of all, in a consensual roleplay scenario, hot in an actual, like feeling bad emotionally way, not, um, very bad. And also, yeah, Anna, now you're getting it. That's pretty much what he wants. Did you notice how little he took into account what you wanted in that scene that you just did? Did you notice how he literally just needed a warm body to dominate? Like, do you really think that's gonna change? The longer you stay in this relationship. Like, he is showing you exactly who the fuck he is right now. He's showing you exactly what the fuck he wants out of this relationship. And, and it's just all signs are pointing to run and you're staying put. And it's... So later, page 201, there's this whole exchange between Anna and Kate that I want to read after Christian leaves. So Kate finds Anna all upset after Christian leaves um, because first of all, he just did an entire fucking kink scene and left without any aftercare. In fact, hold on, pause, rewind a moment. Let's talk about that for a, for a sec. Let's see, we've got bondage. We've got sensory deprivation, we've got temperature play, we've got teasing and denial, we've got punishment. That's a whole ass scene. That is a scene. Scenes require aftercare. What is aftercare? Let's take a moment to define that, shall we? Aftercare is kind of what it sounds like. It is the care that you take for your partner after a scene, after a kink scene. And it can actually, this can be applied to a lot of things. You know, sometimes if we, if me and my partner go out to a club or to a really like rowdy event or whatever, we'll do some aftercare for me after that because I can get kind of overwhelmed in, you know, sensory stimulating environments. Um, and, and, you know, even if it's fun, even if you have fun in a scene, even if you have fun at an experience, sometimes you just need to calm down. And a lot of times, 
the kind of discussion around aftercare is focused on doing aftercare for the submissive, which kind of makes sense because a lot of times the submissive is having things done to them. And a lot of times it's like very intense, either in terms of physical sensations or emotions elicited or both. But doms can absolutely need aftercare as well. They have every right to ask for aftercare as well. I still have not defined what aftercare actually is. It can look like a lot of different things. It can be cuddling. It can be bringing someone snacks. It can be praising someone, saying how well they did in that scene that you just did. It can be, it can be leaving the room. Like it, especially after like a really intensely emotional scene, sometimes the best aftercare is just removing yourself, like distancing yourself from that situation for a little bit until you kind of come down out of that very intense headspace. So there really, there's not one way that aftercare needs to look, but it's something that you need to figure out. Do you need aftercare after a scene? Does your partner need aftercare after a scene? You need to figure that out in general in your relationship, and you need to figure that out specifically after each scene because, you know, maybe the dom does not need aftercare every single time, but maybe you just did a really fucking intense, like, sadistic roleplay scenario, and your dom is having some feelings about, wow, am I really an evil person? Which, spoilers, no, you're not. But, like, maybe they need some aftercare after that scene. My point is, like, aftercare is really important. It's a way of like comforting and guiding the person out of the often really vulnerable, often really intense, often really disorienting headspace of the scene and kind of back into the ordinary everyday, you know, real life that exists outside of that scene. And uh, as we can, we will continue to see over the course of this series, Christian just doesn't fucking do that ever. Like, there's no mention of aftercare ever in this series, which is horrible. Like, literally, I'm, again, I'm just speaking from my own experience. This will not be everybody's experience, but, like, I have had really good scenes ruined by not having proper aftercare. <laughs> like, literally, it's that important in my case. And, and even if it's not that important to you, it just helps everybody kind of calmly come back to the real world instead of like going into sub drop or top drop, which is kind of a whole other conversation. Maybe I will define those more in depth later, but um, I still have a fair amount of stuff to talk about in this chapter. So um, what I will just say right now is like, if you've ever gone to a convention and gotten con drop after where or like gone to a concert that you've been looking forward to for months and just felt kind of depressed and sad the day after or like gone to a festival or like think of any kind of really really big event that you've been looking forward to for months you've been preparing for for months and it's amazing and it's just this non-stop high the entire time and then you come back and you wake up the next day in your ordinary ass bed and you got to go to your ordinary ass job you're back in your ordinary ass life <laughs> and you're you just kind of have this like sadness about like wow wow, that thing is over. I can't look forward to it anymore. I can't, you know, I can experience it in my memories, but I'm not going to have that actual experience anymore. I'm not on that high anymore. Sub drop, top drop, dom drop, whatever, after a scene is kind of like that, you know, in a little bit of a different way because it's it's a kink scene rather than like a three-day convention, but similar, similar concept. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and put a pin in that and remember to talk about it more later. 
But for now, I want to move on because Christian leaves, no aftercare, no nothing. And Kate finds Anna and sees how upset she is and says, why are you crying? You never cry. Anna says, I just don't think our relationship is going to go anywhere. Kate, I thought you said you were going to see him on Wednesday. And and this is all, like, none of this is... I said, she said, it's all just like quotation marks. So I'm, I'm hoping you can keep up with this. So Kate says, I thought you said you were going to see him on Wednesday. Anna, I am. That was our original plan. So why did he turn up here today? I sent him an email asking him to drop by. No, saying I didn't want to see him anymore. And he turns up. Anna, that's genius. Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you okay? Is anyone in this book okay? Has anyone in this book ever had a healthy interaction with another human being ever in their entire lives? What the fuck are you talking about? That's not genius. No, that's terrible communication. Why would you encourage that? Why is that a good thing? Also, the fact that she told him to go away and that she didn't want to see him anymore and he turns up, that's not genius. That's creepy. That's, that's, that's crossing lines. That's, no. What are, what are you talking about, girl? What are you talking about? Why are you like, why is everyone in this series like this? This, okay, this actually gets into something about, like, straight dating culture that I've kind of noticed and that really terrifies me along with the entirety of straight dating culture, but it's like, there's this idea of, like, dating being, like, a game or a competition and you have to, like, know the right moves and, like, know how to, like, outwit the other person and it's just incredibly fucking toxic and this feels like a manifestation of that, of, like, oh, you, like, gamed him into coming over like and being able to see him sooner like you outsmarted him but it's just so bad to like encourage that way that that kind of communication because on the one hand it like encourages you to speak in innuendos and riddles and and like double and triple entendres and whatever when like the one of the most important parts of a healthy relationship i think is clear open honest communication and this is encouraging the exact opposite of that and so it's it's so much more likely that one or both of you is going to get confused and get yourself hurt or hurt the other person unintentionally and it's just bad on the other hand it's encouraging people to interpret a no as not necessarily meaning a no to interpret a i don't want to see you anymore as a come over and convince me otherwise which is terrible which is terrifying and i hope i don't need to explain why but in case i do it's because consent needs to be clear and explicit and encouraging people to think of i don't want to see you anymore as possibly an incentive to come and act in the exact opposite way is muddying the waters of consent and it's it's just encouraging the continuation of like this plausible deniability head games rape culture bullshit that we are constantly surrounded by and it's it's like it's just bad for fucking everyone involved it's encouraging everyone involved to treat each other in such toxic manipulative ways and to engage in in such unclear communication that just nobody's gonna end up happy. So no, Kate, it's not fucking genius. Nothing about this is fucking genius. 
Um, so Anna is, like, trying to be kind of vague about talking to Kate about what the actual issue is because, of course, you know, Christian is not allowing her to tell anyone that she's in a kinky relationship with him or, or about to, like, be dragged into a kinky relationship with him. So she just says he uses sex as a weapon. Yeah, you're right. Not in the kink-shamey way you're implying. Being sadistic, being a dom in a consensual context is not using sex as a weapon. It's participating in adult sexual activities that are consensual, that everyone involved wants. What just happened with you, him coming over and seducing you out of a perceived breakup, that's how he uses sex as a weapon. But that's not what you were thinking of when you said that phrase, was it, Anna? I can tell. So, final point in this chapter. She does end up emailing Christian a big long list of all of her, like, quote-unquote issues with the contract right before the chapter ends. I'm not going to read out that whole thing for you right now because I don't feel like it and my throat's starting to hurt from talking and, and yelling so much, but we will find out in the next chapter how that goes for her, how open he is to negotiating some of these things, to changing some of these things. Spoilers, not very at all. I can tell you that much right now. So that's chapter 12. Update on changing my Patreon around is I have no updates yet. I'm still working on it. Um, it's going to get there eventually. You know, like I said, keep an eye on, on this podcast's social media. I am the curdled pod on most social media sites. If you have not clicked on the All My Links link that I'm about to tell you about and looked at all of the podcast's social media, there you go, at the curdled pod on most social medias. That's how you find this podcast. Yeah, so hopefully I'll have some updates on that soon. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my non-sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash artist. You can find my sex work social media at allmylinks.com slash candykitten. And like I just said, this podcast can be found at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. Be sure to check the episode description for the spellings on all of those links. Speaking of which, you can find this podcast's Patreon at that last link where you can support me monetarily in return for some fun, exclusive content, like eventually some original written erotica. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, and uh, yeah, I continue to understand with the world being the way it is right now, uh, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. We just got onto a new one. Hang on, let me check this out real quick. Someone, like, noticed that my episode, the episodes of the podcast were being, like, posted on another podcatcher that I didn't like intentionally sign up for, but I guess it just like aggregates podcasts. Um, Podvine, that's the one, P-O-D-V-I-N-E. So I have now claimed Curdled Ink Podcast on Podvine. So you can find me there as well as the usual Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
iHeartRadio, etc., etc., etc. And yeah, like seriously, leaving a review, leaving a rating, even if you just click the five stars, like that helps spread this podcast around, get it more visible to more people. It helps so much, you wouldn't even believe it. Our logo is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk aware consensual kink. Bye. Welcome to Curdled Ink, One Woman's Tirade Against Poor Writing and Problematic Romance. Let me turn my camera on so that I can film things for TikTok because this is the world that I live in. As usual, all of the... I lost the words because I don't have my Google Doc in front of me. This is silly. As usual, all content warnings for the episode will be in the episode description. Okay. Hang on just a moment. My battery's low on my laptop. I need to see if I can fix it. What the fuck? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Hold on. We're having technical difficulties. We've got construction noises right outside my window, and it's too fucking hot to close the window, so this audio might not be the best quality, but we're getting through it. Doms absolutely can and deserve uh, to ask for, to require aftercare. <laughs> that was an incredibly poorly worded sentence.